The year was 1983 and uh, I had just got back the previous year from Guyana after working five years in the uh, bauxite mines there, meaning I wasn't a miner working underground or anything, I was the, uh, the manager of the mining town. I was called the assistant administrative manager of uh, the mining town called Kokwani which was on the Rio Babis. Five wonderful years in which I made some beautiful friends and thoroughly enjoyed myself and all of that is the story. But I got back to India and I joined the plantation industry, the tea plantation industry in the Anamalis. And then in 83, I went to Jaipur. I was... Uh, I heard about a program uh, which was on self-realization. It was a self-knowledge kind of program called the Behavioral Science Lab. It's interesting how in all these years I've not seen that word lab used, laboratory, used in uh, any other kind of training. I think it's uh, quite a, there is a case to use that word in other kinds of uh, self-realization training because it is a laboratory which helps you to know yourself where you have the opportunity uh, behaviorally speaking of experimenting with different ways of communication with different ways of dealing with people uh, with different uh, points of view you have the opportunity and well, more than the opportunity, that's a room, that, that's the, the whole thing, place is set up for that. So you get a lot of feedback, some of it very direct, a lot of it very difficult to swallow, meaning that it's uh, not pleasant by any circumstances, it's uh, sometimes quite hurting. Um, but it helps you to get in touch with your emotions, to own up to your emotions, uh, some of which may be things that you have been conditioned and schooled uh, not to acknowledge, uh, not to accept, uh, some of which may not have um, a sort of social, uh, there may be a social stigma to accepting some of those emotions. For example, for a man uh, to accept vulnerability, to accept, uh, uh, you know, uh, tears, for example, you know, to, to accept the fact that you can cry. Uh, it's okay to cry, um, and that crying is not necessarily a sign of weakness. Um, crying can also be a sign of uh, great love, great affection and passion and so on and so forth. Now all of these were, were, this was the opportunity, the lab gave the opportunity to experiment with yourself in a, what is called a tea group or a training group session, um, format. So I went to Jaipur and there I met a remarkable man uh, who then uh, we have been become friends and we have been friends now and he's been, he's been my mentor now for ever since 1983 and that was Arun Joshi. Now in this lab, I, when I went there, I, I was uh, in maybe even part of this I was cognitively aware, part of it I was not. Uh, but for example, I was I was 
dealing with the issues of authority. That was one major theme in my life at that time. Um, another one was uh, anxiety, especially with regard to uh, with regard to myself, my work, uh, and so on and so forth. I had completely translocated from uh, one environment, which was in the in South America and Guyana, um, where I had a good job. I mean, my job in Gaimine was not threatened in any way. Uh, I left because I just got too lonely, and so that was the other thing that I was dealing with in my life, which was a sense of loneliness. Uh, I, I felt sort of in some way abandoned. And, and this wasn't because somebody actually abandoned me or something. I mean, these were things that you, I guess you grow up, uh, go grow up and, you know, not everybody has the same issues, but people have issues uh, of different kinds. And this whole tea group thing, this really helped me enormously. And the, the kingpin of that was uh, Arun Joshi, to whom I uh, owe more than I can say and more than he might know and uh, who I am so grateful for that I don't have the words. Uh, my English is not enough to find the adjectives to really thank Arun for the difference that he made in my life. I spent two weeks there. It was a two-week lab. Now, two weeks might seem like a very long time. It did seem to me like a hell of a long time. Then I went there, but then those two weeks just went. And in that lab, I, within quotes, discovered myself. Now, one of the things I discovered about myself was that I uh, am very entrepreneurial by nature, that I love challenges, uh, that I love to lead, I love to uh, teach, I love to, to, to share my knowledge. And all of this was news to me. I mean, today, if you tell me all of this, I'll say, yeah, all right, I mean, tell me about it. I've been doing this for the last 35 years, 40 years. But in, in 83, it was very new to me, but I realized all of this. Um, I realized that I had at that time a lot of affiliative needs. I needed people, I needed uh, feedback from the outside, I needed people to confirm and people to affirm me and people to praise me and people to say, oh, you know, you are a great guy and so on and so forth. Um, all of which have obviously a upside to it and a downside to it. And uh, I've spent, uh, you know, all the, the rest of my time from then to now trying to, um, at least trying to uh, leverage the upsides and to get over the downsides. Now, why, the reason I'm saying all this is because at the end of that, what happened was that uh, in those two weeks, I realized that this meaning, what Arun Joshi was doing, which is helping people discover themselves, uh, was something that I really, really liked very much. I was inspired. I saw how I was helped. And I saw that obviously Arun Joshi was also getting a big kick out of that. He was also, you know, he also was very satisfied with what he was doing. And I thought to myself that well, here is something that I can, if I learn how to do, uh, then it's firstly, it is something that uh, is obviously so satisfying. Uh, you're really helping people. And uh, so, it, you know, you make friends and so on and so forth. And also it's something that you can do practically as long as you live. So there's no retirement age for leadership trainers and for uh, facilitators of uh, leadership uh, workshops and for people who are 
invested in helping other people to grow, there is no, uh, there's no time frame, there's no retirement age. And obviously, the older you get, the more life experience you get, uh, the more valuable you become, because then you have that much more to bring uh, to the table to help other people uh, through whatever they are going through. So I, I, this, I, I settled this in my mind. I said, yes, this is something that I'm absolutely uh, would love to do, and I would like to do that. Now there is a something B or something which thought I looked like a flower. Anyway, um, what also happened was that um, in the tea industry, I absolutely loved what I was doing. I mean, they, to me, Anamale is heaven on earth. And to be able to live there, um, to be able to live in the middle of the Indira Gandhi National Park, to be able to, to, be able to live in, a, in the middle of a, a, one of the most beautiful wildlife sanctuaries in India, um, and to be able to just, you know, part of my job for which I was getting paid, I wasn't getting paid a princely sum in 1983, my salary was 850 rupees uh, per month. Um, but to be actually paid to do what I would ideally pay to do, meaning that I, yeah, I would happily pay if I had the money, uh, to live in a place like that and go for a walk every morning and, uh, you know, see elephants and see leopards and see uh, barking deer and, and in the evening see samba. Uh, you know, all of this, I, I, that's a bison, the goal. Uh, I would pay to do that. And I, here I was being paid. I, I was in a job which required me to go walking uh, all around the, the tea fields. And uh, you saw all these things. So I loved it, absolutely, absolutely loved it. Um, however, I realized that I was also in an industry which was so super specialized in what uh, happened there and was also so super remote from the rest of the world, meaning the rest of India, uh, the cities, the big cities where the industries were and so on and so forth, um, that if I ever wanted a change, uh, whether it was uh, pre-retirement, I mean, I, I thought to myself, well, you know, I might work in the tea industry for a decade, two decades or something, and then I might decide, well, I've had enough of this, I need to go, um, and I need a job. Now, who will give me a job? Because my understanding of people, and this remains true to the to the day, uh, most people think of tea estates as a nice place to have a holiday, which it is, there's no doubt about that. But they don't seem to have any appreciation at all for the kind of tremendous leadership opportunity that a tea planter's job gives him. There is, without exaggeration, and I'm not saying this because I was one of them, or, and I remain one of them, um, there is no other job that I know, and I'm sure there are a couple more, but that's about it, which gives a person uh, as much of leadership experience as does the job of an assistant manager and a manager in a tea plantation. There's nothing on earth which gives that kind of experience. And when I'm saying that, I was speaking from my perspective also of Guyana, where I was in the middle of the boondocks, I was in the middle of the Amazonian rainforest, so to speak, on the bank of the Burbis River, I had, uh, you know, the very limited resources, uh, all kinds of challenges. Despite that, when I came to tea, I found a, an atmosphere which was, you know, on the one hand, very nice, I mean, the beautiful house and so on and so forth. But in terms of work, 
we had unionized labor, we had potential problems with labor and so on and so forth, we had wildlife, we had… we still had to uh, produce the… the targets, meet the targets that we had set for ourselves for the year, uh, no matter what. Uh, we had rainfall, I mean, in animal age used to rain, in those days, uh, close to 150 to 200 centimeters of rain. Uh, animal age before that used to, in, in, the, in the old days, used to get about 350 centimeters of rain. It, it would rain for six months of the year. Um, by the time I got there in, in the 80s, early 80s, um, it had come down to about 150 uh, to 200 centimeters, but that still was a very heavy, it was a hell of a lot of rain, it was enormous rain. Um, all of this kind of weather, this, that, unions, and I found that this was, a it was also physically very taxing because you started work at between 5.30 to 6 a.m. And uh, no matter what, come, you know, run moon, uh, hail moon or sunshine, you, you started work at that time. And you had to go to the muster. There's no excuse whatsoever. You had to be in the muster at the time the muster opened, which was close to around 6 o'clock or maybe a little bit before that. Um, so I found that, you know, this was uh, a brilliant job. But the fact is that the value of this, of this training to be at the training as a tea planter, um, I really hope that after after watching some of these videos, uh, hiring managers of companies will uh, give good jobs to tea planters. Uh, but the whole lifestyle itself has changed nowadays. Anyway, uh, so here was a job and I found that I was probably not the best candidate to get another job in the city uh, if I wanted one because hiring managers don't understand what it goes into the job of a tea planter. So for them it's, oh, here's this guy, he's having a ball, you know, he lives in a nice house, he's got servants, he goes to the club um, and and uh, when I'm here on a holiday but this guy's got this 12 months of the year, I mean, they don't see the animals in the in the monsoon, they don't see me come home with leeches all over my, my legs, having to sit on the veranda and and take those leeches off in a in a big bowl of hot water, but the hot water would turn the, the, the color of Ruavza. It would turn pink and that is because of my blood, which goes into the water. The leeches, when you put, uh, take them off and they, they throw them in the water, the water has, it's hot water with salt, lots of salt. So when you wash your legs with that, the leeches let go. And if you don't do that, if you pull the leech off, uh, then the leech's mouth parts get ripped off and they remain in the wound that the leech has made in your skin. And then the fest, it festers and it, uh, you know, you get pus and all kinds of uh, things. All the joys of planting, I mean, if you think about that. So those those of you who think that you go to a tree plantation, you come back and say, man, whoa, I would like that job. Yeah, yeah, try it and you see whether you like it or not. Maybe you will and I thoroughly and thoroughly wonderfully enjoyed it and I have a lot of friends who did. But I'm saying that it's also not, a, it's not such an easy job. So I was in this job and I thought to myself that when I leave this job, whenever that is, whether it's post, whether it's at retirement or whether it is uh, before retirement, my chances of getting another one, uh, getting another job in the cities is not very bright. Not because I can't do it or not because I am uh, incapable, I am very capable and I would be even more capable by, the, capable by then, but because people don't know what they are getting. So I said to myself that, well, this is something that I would like to do, meaning facilitation, leadership development, because this will last me uh, for a long time. And this is something really I can do all my life. Now, the challenge was how to do it. The challenge was how to do it. 
and that i am going to tell you in the next episode thank you very much for listening and come back next week